welcome back dear friends to your daily dose of ancient wisdom today we continue our reading of shrimad bhagavata mahapurana book 2 discourse 10 the 10 characteristic features of the bhagavata shri sukha continued sarga visarga sthana poshana the utas the manmantaras the ishanukadhas nirodha mukti and ashraya these are the 10 topics discussed in this bhagavata purana men of true knowledge ever that the first 9 topics have been discussed in this purana only in order to present a clear conception of the 10th or the last namely ashraya that is the all supporting brahma this they have deduced in some cases from the actual words of the text itself and in other cases from their purport the creation in the reverse order of gross and the subtle elements the senses of perception and the organs of action and the mind the ego and the mahat tatva the principles of cosmic intelligence due to the disturbance in the equilibrium and the resultant transformation of the three gunas or modes of prakriti brought about by the will of god has been spoken as sarga and the creation of animate and inanimate beings by brahma himself born to the cosmic being is called visarga the triumph of lord as revealed by the fact that living beings created by him keep within their bounds is known by the name of sthiti and the lord's grace of uh, his devotees is termed as poshana again the virtuous conduct of the saintly manus presiding over the different manmantaras has been referred to by the term manmantaras while the latent desire of various creatures which led to their bondage through interested action are known as utas even so the life accounts of various manifestations of shri hari as well as of his saintly devotees supplemented by various other stories have been termed as ishakadhas nirodha means the withdrawal of the individual soul with all its qualifications or adjuncts into the lord subsequent to his reti- retirement failing into the yoga nidra and when the jiva relinquishes its assumed character of doership and realizes its true nature or brahmahood they call it mukti or emancipation of the soul finally that from which are known to proceed the creation the perseveration and the dissolution of the universe is what they call as ashraya which is spoken of in the scriptures as a supreme brahma or the supreme spirit paramaham paramatma the same perceiving subject the individual soul which identifies itself with the sense of perception also exists in the form of the deities presiding over the senses of perception the sun god and others while the physical body which distinguishes the senses from the deities presiding over them serves as condition upadhi to the individual souls when it is clear that in absence of any one of th- these we cannot perceive the other two 
it follows that he, God who knows all the three, is the ashraya or support of all and this latter has no other support than himself. When the aforesaid cosmic being emerged from the egg-shaped universe and stood apart, he began to look out for a foothold for himself. And with this object in view, that being of pure intention created the holy waters. Having evolved from the Supreme Person, also called Nara, these waters were known as Nara, which proceeds from Nara. And since he lived on these waters of his own creation for a thousand celestial years, he became to known as Narayana, he who resides on Nara. The gross elements, the material of which this universe is made, karma, the destiny of jivas, time, the mutability of matter, and the jivas exist only by his grace and cease to exist the moment he grows indifferent towards them. Awakening from his yoga nidra or deep trance, Lord Narayana, who was all alone till this moment, now sought to multiply himself and by a dint of his maya of wonderful energy, split up his effluent seed body into three parts, the Adidaiva, the Adhyatma, and Adibhuta. Hear now, O Parikshit, how the unitary energy of the Lord can be divided into three parts. When the cosmic being desiccated himself, there arose from the space within his body the acuteness of senses, strength of will, and strength of body as well. And from these sprang up Prana, the chief of all vital airs. Just as the attendants of a king follow him, even so the senses in all living beings are active when the prana is active, but cease to be active the moment this prana becomes inactive. With the free moment of prana, the cosmic being was overcome with hunger and thirst. And moment he felt inclined to eat and drink, a mouth appeared in him, in the first instance. From the mouth came out the palate in which the sense of taste was produced and thence were evolved the different kinds of tastes which are experienced by the sense of taste as well as the deity presiding over the same. When the cosmic being felt inclined to speak, there emanated from his mouth the god of fire, the deity presiding over the organ of speech. The organ of speech itself and the act of speaking, which depend both on the organ of speech and the deity presiding over the same. Till then, cosmic being remained underwater controlling his breath for a pretty long time. When, however, his breath sought an outlet and pressed forward, a pair of nostrils appeared in him. And as he felt inclined to perceive smell, there appeared in his nose the olfactory sense as well as the wind god, the deity presiding over the sense of smell, the bearer of smell. When there was darkness all, around, all about him and he felt inclined to see himself and other things, there appeared in him a pair of eyes, the sun god, 
the deity presiding over the sense of sight, and the sense of sight, and thence followed the perception of color, the object of sight. On the Vedas presiding to awaken him through the hymns of praise addressed to him, and on the cosmic being feeling inclined to hear them, there appeared in him a pair of ears, the Digdevatas, the deities presiding over the four quarters, as well as the auditory skills, as well as the auditory sense itself, and thence followed the perception of sound, the object of auditory sense. When again the cosmic being felt inclined to experience the softness or hardness, lightness or heaviness, and warmth and coolness of an object, there appeared in him the skin, the seat of tactile sense, and on that skin there arose the hair, the sense perceiving touch as well as itching sensation, the trees, the deities presiding over the hair, as well as the wind god, the deity presiding over the tactile sense. Nay, he also covered all over his skin, within as well as without, by the tactile sense, when followed the perception of touch, the object of tactile sense. As soon as the cosmic being felt inclined to perform various acts, a pair of hands grew out of him. In these hands there appeared the faculty of grasping things, and even so Indra, the deity presiding over this faculty, as well as the act of grasping, which depends both on the faculty of grasping and the deity presiding over it. Even as the cosmic being felt inclined to walk according to his will, a pair of feet grew out of him, and along with them appeared Lord Vishnu, the deity presiding over the feet, himself as well as the faculty of locomotion within, with the help of which people procure the material for sacrifice. When the cosmic being craved for offspring, sexual enjoyment and immortality, heavenly bliss, proclaimed through a pious ma married life, a penis grew out of him, and even so there appeared in him the faculty of copulation, the god Prajapati, the deity presiding over this faculty, and the pleasure arising from sexual commerce, which depends both on faculty of coition and the deity presiding over the same. On the cosmic being feeling the urge to avoid excrement, there appeared in him the anus and thereafter the faculty of defecation, and then the god Mitra, the deity presiding over the organ of evacuation, as well as the act of defecation, which depends both on the faculty of evacuation and deity presiding over it. When the cosmic being felt inclined to pass from one body to other and leave the former with the end in view, there appeared in him the navel. In the navel sprang up the vital air called Apana, and then the god of death, the deity presiding over the Apana air, and then came about the dis disassociation of Prana from Apana, i.e. death which depends upon both the Apana air and the deity presiding over the same. On the cosmic being feeling inclined to take food and drink, there appeared in him the cavity of the abdomen, the intestines, and the network of 
veins and arteries as well as seas, the deities presiding over the intestines, and rivers, the deities presiding over the blood vessels, and even so satisfaction and nutrition, the former of which depend on the intestines and the seas, and the latter on the veins and arteries and rivers. When cosmic being felt inclined to contemplate on his own maya, the wonderful energy, there appeared in him the heart and thereafter the mind, then the moon, the deity presiding over the mind, and last of all, violation and desire, the two functions of mind. From the elements of earth, water and fire were evolved the seven constituents of the body of the cosmic being, namely the thick outer skin, the thin inner skin, flesh, blood, fat, marrow and bone. Even so, from ether, water and air sprang up his vital air. The sense of perception are all directed towards their object and the object of senses are born of the ego, the source of the elements. Mind is the seat of all morbid feeling, while intellect reveals us the reality of all objects. I have thus described to you the gross form of Lord. It is enveloped outside by eight seats, namely earth, water, fire, air, ether, the ego, the Mahattattva and Prakriti. Beyond this is Lord's most subtle form, which is unmanifest, unqualified, having no beginning, middle or end, eternal and outside the realm of mind and speech. Both the subtle and gross forms of the Lord, which I have described to you, our creation of Lord's Maya. Hence the wise refuse to accept either for worship. The Supreme Lord is really actionless. It is by his own Maya that he becomes active. Assuming the form of Brahma, he reveals himself in the form of word and what it denotes and evolves many a name and form and activity. Prajapatis, Manus, Gods, Rishis, the various classes of means, Siddhas, Charanas, the Gandharvas, the Vidyadharas, Asuras, Gushyakas, Kinnaras, Apsaras, Nagas, Serpents, Himpurushas, Matrakas, Rakshasas, Pishachas, Pretas, Bhutas, Vinayakas, Kushmandas, Ummadas, Vetalas, Yatudhanas, and Grahas, birds, reptiles, beasts of prey, and other animals, trees, mountains, and all other names and forms in the universe, O King, are His. All other creatures, both animate and inanimate, whether viviparous, oviparous, sweat-born or sprouting from soil and living either in water, on land or in air are the good, bad or mixed fruit of corresponding actions done in the past. 
the predominance of sattva rajas and tamas is severally responsible for the birth as god as a human being and as a denizen of hell or as a member of subhuman species each of these three destinies is again subdivided into three varieties according to each of the three gunas is eclipsed by either of the other two gunas or not having assumed the form of vishnu who is all virtue for the support and the sustenance of the world the same lord perceives and sustains this universe by appearing from time to time in the gaze of animals men and gods again when the time comes the lord appears as rudra the god of destruction from the fire of universal destruction and dissolves this universe once created by himself even as a blast blows away a mass of clouds the lord who is possessed of inconceivable power has been described as above as the creator the perceiver and the destroyer of the universe the wise however should not regard him only as such for he is even beyond this description the supreme has no doership in relation to the creation and other activities connected with this universe shruti texts ascribe it to him only with a view of to denying it from the same has been superimposed on him by maya i have told you about the great kalpa cycle connected with the appearance of brahma as also about the other smaller kalpas the process of creation is the same in all kalpas the only difference being that during a mahakalpa the kalpa immediately following the mahapralaya or final dissolution the whole process of creation begins anew including even the transformation of matter from the evolution of mahat down to the crystallization of the five elements while in the other kalpas the kalpas following a night of brahma it is only the bodies of animate and inanimate beings that are created anew i shall describe in full the measure of time both gross and subtle the duration of kalpa and its divisions later on now hear the story of padma kalpa saunaka said suta you told us how vidura who was the foremost of lord's devotees left his kith and kin so very difficult to part with and traveled on foot all the sacred places on earth's surface where did he come to have a talk with the sage maitreya the son of kushara on spiritual topics and what was the truth that the venerable sage taught to vidura in response to later query tell us all the stories of vidura or gentle suta as also the circumstances in which he left his kinsmen and what led to his return suta said king parikshit too asked this very question i now proceed to reproduce to you the discourse that the great suka gave in response to king's queries thus ends the 10th discourse entitled the disposition of the limbs of the cosmic being in the book 2 of the great and glorious bhagavata purana otherwise known as paramahamsa samhita a collection of 
18,000 verses composed by the sage Veda Vyasa, marking the end of Book 2. Thank you.